Ball goes in over the head of DK. Ooh. Balls for Mendez. He'll have a hit. Wow! What a goal! Sebas Mendez! <laughs> His first ever goal for Orlando City. It is an extraordinary finish. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back here on We're the Orlando Soccer Show. Where it is time for the season. It's already begun. Starting this weekend, Orlando and Montreal face off to open up the 2022 MLS season. The Orlando Pride, they have their first open preseason match next week. It's all happening. Oh, hey, uh, and OCB, they're starting up next month. Well, in two months' time, almost. Next month. Next month. Anyways, I'm Austin David. Uh, Brad Newton is back. Hi, howdy. <laughs> Making sure you're there. Off to a flying start. Um, yeah, so we're going to run about an hour long. We're going to talk about the Orlando City season, give a little bit of a preview, give our predictions, which is basically, are they going to finish over and under 50 points? Where are they going to finish in the conference? Who's going to be their top goal scorer? Who's going to be the breakout star? And what are your expectations for the season? But first... Let's talk about the preseason in general for Orlando City. Uh, we had media day a couple uh, weeks ago now. Got some interviews from some of the players. And uh, this week, I will be including Alexander Pato's interview into the show. So uh, you can listen to my talk with Pato. So, Did you ask him if he had any grapes? Any grapes? No. Oh, okay. Why would I ask him if he had any grapes? It was the whole thing about a duck and grapes and Oh, yeah, that went right way over my Let's head. Go. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's just talk about preseason in general for Orlando City. Um, they won a game, mm-hmm. as, as we as we constantly remind people on the show. It, however, preseason results do not matter. Doesn't matter. Uh, though the one game they won, kind of cool. The the important game, the one that they. Didn't necessarily need to win, but they needed to win for the fans, mm-hmm. even though the fans weren't allowed to the game. The Orlando City uh, B team, essentially, because it wasn't a full roster of players for Orlando City playing against the Tampa Bay Rowdies because the day before they had just felt. played against Cincinnati. So the good news for Orlando is that their reserves still beat the Eastern Conference champions of USL Championship 3-1. to Perfect. So that's yeah. that's the good news. Uh, they did draw. Hell yeah! They did draw Miami FC, which is the USL Championships Miami FC 0-0, and that was almost their full starting eleven. And then you also had a one-one draw against Colorado, two-two draw against Cincinnati, which hold up, yeah, uh, the one-nothing loss against FC Dallas, and the nightmare five-four loss to Minnesota. And that was preseason for them. Yeah, not uh, not great. Disappointed. But again, none of none of those matches matter. Nope. Really, the only game that matters so... is Sunday at one o'clock against Club de Foot Montreal. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, uh, or as I like to call them, Blue Arsenal. Um, <laughs> so that's. That's what we're going to be going up against on Sunday. Why do you call them Blue Arsenal? 
their away kit. It's blue Arsenal. Oh, it's the exact carbon copy of Arsenal's kit. Yeah. Except in blue. They, yeah. Well, yeah, except the uh, whoever, whatever graphic designer for Adidas just went in Illustrator and just copied the uh, the marble <laughs> pattern a couple times more so it was a bit more detailed and just changed the hue. So it was blue instead of, like, red. Creative. Yep, that's uh, that's Adidas for you. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, speaking of jerseys, before we get into all the preseason predictions and stuff, I'm so let's talk about that Orlando City away kit, the Sunshine Kit. I want to know your honest thoughts on the Sunshine Kit. Uh, you know, it's not as t- look from a lot of the previews that the the club was putting out. I was very uh, unsure as to what that shirt was going to look like. <laughs> um, I was anticipating it to look like... Uh, yeah. And instead, um, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, it, the, the, it does mm. look like the sun is radiating out from your crotch mm. uh, on the shirt. The sun crotch so shirt. That, yeah, sun crotch shirt. Um, not, not terrible. I mean, look, there are, um, it's, it's an inspired choice. I would say it's, it's definitely not one of the worst away kits in the league. Um, I, 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 I like that more clubs are going away from just a white shirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, that said, I still think the best away kit Orlando had was the white shirt that they had in twenty. It was 2018 and 2019, which was just a plain, clean white shirt. Hmm. But again, there's it's a low bar because Orlando haven't exactly had good away kits uh, so far in their history. Would you consider this um, the best away kit that they've had? Or you're still saying the 2018-19 one? Um, you know, I, it's, I, I would put it in a tie just based on the fact that they went for it this year. Yeah. They, they tried they, they absolutely different. did. They, they went for it. And I, I will say, so um, one of the things, because I talked to the the marketing director for Orlando, Pedro Araujo, um, and I asked him, you know, what what is what was the kind of design thought process behind this shirt? And he, he basically just said, our fans said, we don't want another white jersey. So we did something different, unique, and bold. And I mostly. will say it is different, unique, and bold. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's mostly not a white shirt. Yes. Because the... The design doesn't go to the back, which kind of sucks. Mm. Um, you would you would like to see maybe a gradient on the back, if not the exact same design. Yeah, maybe but you, you also from... don't want to distract from the numbers and the names on the back. Because if you have that same yeah. design on the back or even something like kind of muted like that, it still kind of distracts a little bit. Whereas, you know, practicality-wise, you just want the back to be a bit more bland so that the focus draws to the name and the number. Well, is it? I mean, it's still a gradient on the pride jersey, isn't it? Is there? I'm struggling to remember. Speaking of the pride, they get a new jersey this year too. Yeah, they get a new away kit, and I'm curious to see what that's going to look like because they're. I mean, of the of the two squads, I mean, clearly the the pride of they yeah, knocked it out of the park with they, their last one. They knocked one. it out of the park with their last one, and yes, it is it is a gradient on the back of the pride one as well. Mm. Um, that design does go over, so I don't know if that's a manufacturing difference between Nike and Adidas. It's probably which, that. 
But I would also point out when you look at the Union's away kits, how they have a design all over their mm. kit, it, it still stretches to the back of the uniform. So hmm. um, I, there, there's ways from a graphic design point, there are ways you can go around it. You can either put like a like a strike around uh, the, <clears throat> the letters and numbers so that it does stand out a bit more. Uh, but I mean, those those again are, are choices that the club made, and you know, it, for not going with another white shirt, this this is it's fine. And besides, they they don't often find themselves in positions where they have to wear their away kit all that often. I don't, I, I mean, purple doesn't exactly clash with a whole lot of things. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they it, for a shirt that. They're, they probably won't be pressed in the service all that often. It, it does look nice. Now, here's here's the, the thing with this shirt is that it was designed with purple shorts in mind. So for the average fan that's buying this, it won't look as good if you don't have purple shorts because the design radiates from the shorts up into the jersey. So it, it, it's meant to go together. Yeah, but I feel like I mean, there's there's ways you can work around that though. There is that, that absolutely shirt, that shirt. That shirt will definitely match with a lot of different things. It's not it's not dependent on you wearing purple shorts. Yes, obviously. one of the one of the things that they they told me about the the kit was that it was it was designed for wearing it anywhere. Uh, one of the, the examples they they kind of gave me was wearing it at the beach to go wakeboarding in or. Uh, to to go out and you know just it, it, it's meant to be kind of fashion forward I think is the the keywords that they used for it. Yeah, it, I mean I'd buy that. Yeah. I still I still don't know who is gonna buy that shirt that isn't a soccer fan. But I yeah, I mean soccer jerseys are kind of a, a statement in themselves to begin with. Right. Um. So yeah, I I get it, but um. That, that seems to be like you're catering to people who aren't your target audience. Mm. They're trying to, to target more general Floridians who want to represent Orlando because one of the things that they, they have, obviously they have the, the kit on the, the front, the, 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 um, the logo, the Orlando City logo and the Orlando Health thing on the front. Uh, but on the back, right where the neckline is, um, they added this new sun logo basically it's the orlando city logo it's just the yeah it's it's just just it's they they're they said that it's new i have i've seen something similar to it but it's not this is like just the icon the sun icon so it's the lion head where they've removed the eyes the mouth and the nose basically and the one of the story behind the yeah the story behind that is that's actually just a lion's face on a sun on the crest yes not actually a a lion's mane right on the crest but it still does have the 21 flares to signify that they were the 21st team and one of the things they're doing with the sun icon this year is they're going to be using it across a variety of different merchandise later in the year so you could see like kind of more you know casual wear uh like uh, you know chelsea uh and i know you know chelsea but uh when i was at the team shop back in december they had a, a clothing line where it was basically like just the lion from the chelsea logo and it was on like polos so if you have a polo that just has like a lion on it you wouldn't think oh yeah that's a chelsea fc polo you know it's something that's kind of more muted something that doesn't scream i'm a soccer fan but th- for those who know it's like oh yeah it's an orlando city polo that kind of thing I think that's kind of what they're going to be going for as over the course of this year when they release different merchandise. But the 
But the difference therein is you're buying a Lions shirt from Orlando City that doesn't directly go to war profiteering. Uh, yeah. It's, uh... Hold up. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> Sorry, mama. So, anyways, season preview. So, wor- world of- world events. Uh, yeah, season God. preview. Uh, <laughs> All right. Um, so, Orlando City has been picked by a number of pundits that I have seen to finish top five in the East in MLS this year. Not according to the MLS soccer.com season preview where did they pick them six seventh um well it, it yeah there was a there's a few different pundits that weighed in on it but i think a lot of people were like there's a lot of changes to this club mm-hmm. and it might take them a minute to acclimate to playing in mls which yeah i, I, I would agree. absolutely agree with that yeah that's not a that's not an unfair statement um especially looking at how this team performed in preseason which again i don't i don't know what you can really ever take from mls preseason but um yeah it it looked like they 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 had their ups and downs for sure and we covered that a bit earlier um but i i do think you know i do think this is still a playoff team and with the changes that they've made in the squad and the players that they've signed they're still looking to compete at a high level in the you know with new ownership it it was a big question there for a while if it looked like they were going to be spending uh, or committing to spend like we hoped they would and then you look at the players that they've that they've added to the club and yes that's that's been something that they that they have committed to so mm-hmm. it's it's all it's it's very positive signs you know we got we got basically a confirmation today of something that we we knew about a month ago already at this point mm-hmm. um with a, with another player signing so it's, yes it's it's looking i i have i have expectations for this club that i do think that they can meet i still think they're a playoff team and i think that they will maybe not have the fastest start but i think as the season grows and they they get more acclimated to playing in mls it, we might have a, a reversal of fortunes where the summer is usually uh, pretty lean times for the club and i think as as they grow into the team a bit more and grow into the league a bit more then they, they should be coming along yeah and, and speaking of that new player that you mentioned gaston gonzalez who's been in the rumor mill for orlando city for months there were reports about a month ago saying yeah he's coming in may and Paul Tenorio, our, our, our friend of the show, he basically confirmed it. There's still paperwork that needs to be signed, so it's not officially official, but it's pretty much close to being a done deal. And I haven't said too much on this Gaston Gonzalez thing because I've seen so many different transfers that have gone 100%. They're coming, everything's going, and then all of a sudden it falls apart at the very last second. So... When I start seeing, you know, more reporters saying, yeah, it's done deal, basically, it just needs to be signed, paperwork and everything. It's not like on a, you know, under the gun for the transfer window or anything like that. Then I'd, I'd, I'm more comfortable in kind of talking about it. But he's a 20-year-old winger. He plays on the left. He's left-footed. Probably can switch to the right-hand side. Uh, he's young. He's signing a U-22 deal. So there's f- flexibility cap-wise to be able to bring him in, buy down Mauricio Pereira 
off a DP deal and possibly bring in another designated player as the season goes on, maybe in the summer transfer window. So there's 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 flexibility with this signing because there was potential that they would have to spend a lot of money on him because he's a promising young talent. But with this U22 deal that they signed Cesar Araujo for, kind of opens up a little bit more alleys and, and different options of where they can go. So I think it's a good move for Orlando. Another promising young talent. They develop him, they sell him off, and they recycle and redo everything over again. Hopefully in the next coming years, though, you start seeing more and more academy talent coming out. Thomas Williams being one notable one that is, I, I don't think he's long for Orlando City. I think he is going to be in Europe in the next couple of years. I, I, talking to people within the club, talking to some of the coaching staff, some of the academy staff, talking to some of the, some of the people just work for the club. I mean, the, the ceiling is, you can't see it with the kid uh, from from everything that they've told me they they really really think he is the future center back of orlando city but also at the same time he's he's probably got a future in europe as well so the hope is that some of these young talents that they're bringing from Ar- you know, argentina from uruguay uh from all over south america they translate into very good players for orlando but also you want to start developing talent in your own backyard um i've heard rumors that they're going to be starting uh, U13 and U11 Orlando City Academies within the MLS Next program because right now it's just U15 and U17s. So there's still that gap of where, you know, 11 and 13 year olds, if they're not good enough to make the 15 year old team, they're still paying for the Orlando City Academy experience. Whereas if you're under, you know, if you get into the academy with U15 or U17, you know that's that's being covered so uh there's still a lot to do for orlando city's academy over the next couple years but with the new ownership in the will family they are prioritizing a lot of investment into the orlando area and the orlando soccer scene and that is just one big part of it so you mentioned the the summer transfer window and it's it's time for for my favorite game on the show and uh pull up transfer uh, market and see who's available Pull up transfer market and see who's on expiring contracts. Mm-hmm. Uh, first guy that comes to mind, a Argentinian player who has a lot of experience in Europe, playing at a high level. Uh, currently uh, looking for a new club. Good, confirmed to be looking for a new club. Twenty-eight-year-old uh, second striker, Austin. Any ideas? Second striker from Argentina. That's twenty-eight years old. Mm-hmm. I don't know who. Uh, need another hint? Yeah. Champions League experience, playing for playing in Syria currently. Is does he play for the national team? Yeah, yeah, he does. And he's twenty eight years old. Mm-hmm. I I have no idea who is it. Paulo Dybala, come oh. on, t- come on home to Orlando, my friend. Dybala, interesting. Dybala won't baby, happen, come home. but it's interesting. Come home, baby. Come home to a club in a state you've never been to. I, uh, I, I, I get. I would guess he's been to Orlando before. Very, very possibly. It's a, it's very, a very international city, 
Orlando is. Lots to do here. That is true. Yeah. Um, another player, uh, 23-year-old center forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, also with some... No, it's not Mbappe. He's not coming on. <laughs> no, uh, God. It yeah. mad- just just the, the sheer shock that would go around the world if Mbappe went to now, MLS. Now, yeah. <laughs> well, it's not going to happen. It's I not. Mean, it's not ever, ever going to happen. Um, so, uh, Don Dwyer just signed for Atlanta United. If we also... In Orlando, we're looking for an old slow striker who might maybe have something left in the tank. Uh, there is a 30-year-old French center forward who's on an expiring contract right now, playing in the Premier League. 30-year-old striker, you said. 30-year-old center forward in the Premier League. Oh, God, it's French. not Lacazette, is it? Alexander Lacazette, uh, come on uh, home, uh, baby. Uh, no, please don't. Uh, that would be bad. <laughs> That'd be really bad. I know you. I know you scored a goal at the death the other day against Wolves, and it was really nice and all. But uh, yeah, you also missed the one that was really bad earlier in that game. So please do not come home. Uh, the locks have been changed. Uh, there, there is a number of different guys you can go with, uh, but I think we'll we'll leave that until the summer window. We could spend a lot of time on that, and I know we usually do. But I want to get into the predictions for the season for Orlando City. And let's start with just getting our over-unders here. 50 points. Over-under. Um, let me see here. I'm just thinking off the top of my head for a second. Uh, they finished with how many points this last season? Um, oh, in 2021, you mean? They broke a yeah, club just... record and had 51. Oh, okay. Um, so they, they got over. And I believe over. Uh, you picked over. Last year in our preview. Um, well, I think I I think there's some addition by subtraction on the squad, mm-hmm. but also addition by addition. Um, and I think that I, I think they're gonna hit the over. I would say over as well. I think the East has become stronger and if they are wanting to make the playoffs, then they're gonna have to get over fifty points. So uh, if they don't get over fifty points, they're probably not making the playoffs, to be completely honest. Yeah. Well, considering Red Bulls had 48 points uh, and they were in the seventh seed last year, then yes, uh, they will have to do that. Yeah. It's crazy to think that there could be a team worse than Cincinnati this year. Uh Just had a thought about that. Um, For Uh, for those who haven't been paying attention, uh, Charlotte. Charlotte. Oh, boy. uh, Their head coach straight up said, we're screwed to the media. And that's never a good sign. Yeah, that's not that's not great. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Yeah, Charlotte, uh, real bad. Not looking good. No. Like I said, I mean, when when your coach says we're screwed, not a good sign. Yeah, not not altogether a good sign. It's probably why a lot of people are picking them to finish second to last or dead last. But hey, there's always a summer transfer window. Is Toronto still that bad too? Uh, no, I, I I don't know. They got they got old Bob Bradley now, and they got uh well they don't have their new signing, but Lorenzo Insigne is coming in the summer, and Giovinco has been training with them in the off season. So imagine him and Giovinco 
back. I mean, it's not going to be the same Giovinco that tore up the league a couple no, years ago, that's, that's but not. it's still Giovinco. So like, eh. yeah, him also not taking blood money is going to be great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Heard uh, inter intersider trading. Uh, Miami's coming back though. Oh, uh, you mean Paul McDonough has been uh, taken out of MLS jail? Yeah. Yeah. Former uh, former he's... Orlando City general manager Paul McDonough. That, for more that, Orla- former Orla- Atlanta United GM Paul McDonough. I'm guessing you guys I, – I haven't listened to the show, but I'm guessing you guys covered their, their recent signing too? No, no, we have not actually. Tiago Amada, you mean? Well, there's one before that even. Oh? And DeAndre Yedlin. Oh, oh yeah, in Miami. You mean yes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we didn't talk about Yedlin actually. So that's interesting, I guess. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, well, it's just, they they need help defensively. I guess they they lost like their starting center backs. Both of their starting well, center backs are gone from last year. Yeah. Well, yeah, that will happen. Yep. So um, when you when you when you lose your starting so, center backs, go get a right back. That was the Orlando City 2017 theory. Hey, do you know who was the GM of that team? In 2017? Was Mm -hmm. it Paul McDonough? No, it was not. Do you remember who it was? Uh, I do. It was was Nicky. Yeah, it's Nicky Bedalich. He was the (laughs) the GM. So, yeah, when you said, hey, that's a 2017 Orlando move, and I'm like, yeah, of course. It's the same GM. Well, it's it's on brand. Yeah, the director of soccer operations for Miami is Orlando's former GM. Yeah. Yeah. So, hashtag on brand. Back to Orlando City, then. Have fun, Phil Neville. Yeah. So, we both said over 50 points for the season. Where do they finish in conference? Um, I'm going to say, um, just looking at, as a reminder, they finished sixth last year, tied on points for Atlanta United. Yeah. And I, you know, really though, it should, it should have, they should have finished what fourth. A lot of people have been saying fourth. Are you well, saying, saying are you last are you going to say fourth? Last year, last year, based on a goal dis- that was disallowed, they should have finished fourth. Yes, yeah, because if they had beaten Nashville, they would have finished fourth. Yeah, if the if the proper call, on, if if they didn't get Vard at the end of that match, um, and they would have gotten three points, points, then they, they would have. Yeah. Who knows what would have happened against Montreal though? Because if they had gotten those three points, they would have been in the playoffs, and then going against Montreal, who had to win to get to the playoffs it would have been a very different outcome potentially because orlando was already in so it could have finished the same way maybe we don't really know maybe 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 not but at the end of the day we do know that they should have been fourth um (laughs) so given that i'm gonna say uh nashville's a boring club so they're gonna finish third okay yeah they're they're gonna finish third ahead of nashville who will be fourth all right I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say fifth or sixth. I think a hard fifth is what I'll go with. Hard, hard fifth. Okay. Hard fifth. Um, there's still a lot of unknown with this team in terms of their goal production. When you lose Nani and Daryl DK, who basically made up 21 of your 50 goals, 
that's hard to replace, Quick. and especially with players that have not played in MLS before. Yeah, that's fair. There's, I just don't know. And I think that's what a lot of people are kind of in the same mindset is. It's like, yeah, they've replaced players with good players, but how are they going to adjust to the team, to MLS, to the coach, et cetera? And, there, and, and that's fair. I mean, there is a lot of turnover, and, and, it, and it might definitely take those guys some time to adjust. But I do think a lot of the, the framework is still there. You know, when you look at, you know, uh, uh, Junior Urso, uh, Sebas Mendez, you know, um, Perea, a lot of those guys that you would hope, you know, continue their form from, uh, in, in Perea's case, improve his form from last year because – Lord knows it can only go up from where it was, um, but uh, seeing seeing this team improve year over year is definitely something that I, I think has been the case since uh, basically the entire rebuild has taken place for this team. So um, yeah, that's that's one of the reasons why I expect them to, to move forward, even with all the turnover that they've experienced. Okay. I think that'd be fair. I, I I think I think Oscar really knows how to get the best out of his players and he really tends to put them in positions to succeed. So I think even given that there are new players on this club that, you know, given the coaching staff and, and given everything that we've seen so far in you know, in preseason, I, I think even you know, even though the results haven't, you know, been what we'd like we we've seen Pato contribute pretty consistently in those preseason matches. Like he had a he had a pretty good preseason, I think. Who Pato? Yeah, he, it was. He it had was a definitely... good preseason last year too, and then got hurt immediately after. Yeah, but I mean, those that's that's not something you can really account for. I no, mean, I know. You know, getting hurt in the first match, and you know, only being available, you know, a few games down the stretch when Daryl DK is playing lights out and you know, trying to make his case for moving into to England, there's re- there's not too much he can really do there. So, I mean, maybe seeing him get back into form as well, or, or at least continue the form that he's had in preseason, you know, is, is going to help carry them and, some, and help some of those new players adjust. Yeah. And again, that that's the hope. The hope that he can play, the hope that he can adjust, the hope that maybe he... Uh... He scores a couple goals in the, in the process. Uh, you know, well, you know what? While, while I'm on that, over under ten games played for Pato this year. I'd say over. I th- I'd say that's fair. Uh, his injury history is very much against him, but I think he's he from talking to him, and you'll hear in the in the interview, he has a better kind of sense of his body now. Uh, he kind of has a better idea of of how. To, to take care of himself before he goes out there to play. And um, he, you know, he's been with the medical team throughout the process and they've been kind of coaching him up and teaching him how to better take care of himself. So I think that if he's able to take care of himself the way he's been talking about, then he should hopefully make it through the season. But I mean, he played it, he played it five matches last year and that's, yeah. you know, going from not playing in a match from April until October. Yep. So, 
I think 10. I, I, I definitely see him playing more than 10. And I think, especially given that, I think he's the starting striker for the club. I would say Urchan Carr is going to be their starting striker. Oh. No, the the big fair. the big question yeah. was if he was going to be healthy, but Kara has been training. He he took a little knock to his ankle in that preseason game against FC Dallas, but he's been training. People he's been thought good. that was a bit more. People thought that was, you know, it thought they thought it was than bigger it. than it was because he got carted off. Yeah, and looked to be in a, quite a bit of pain. So, uh, but talked to Oscar the other day. He said he's fine. He's good to go. He's not on the injury report. The only player that's on the injury report right now is Mikey Holiday who's got a, uh, I think, a thigh issue going on. So that's that's the good news. Uh, officially, his right thigh is the one he is hurt. But he's been out since he got back from the U-20 camp back in January. Right. Top goal scorer. Who do you have? Uh, Kara. Yeah. I think that's that that would be the default goal scorer if if I were to pick one. You bring him in to score goals. You would hope that he would do exactly that. You pay him all the money to score the goals. And, and it's expected. And, bef- and before he picked up that knock in that match, he did he did pull a, a pretty cheeky move. Yes. No, he's good with his feet, and that's what people don't yeah. kind of look at. When you look at a guy who's six foot four, you're like, ah, big guy, headers. But no, he's actually pretty good with his feet. So I think he'll he'll be he'll be a dangerous player up front for Orlando, and I'm sure Mauricio is very happy to have a player like that up front. And speaking of, and I think, speaking of that, who's going to be their best assist man? Um, it's Mauricio. I mean, he had well, ten last year. He's three away yeah. from breaking the uh, record for Orlando City ever in assists. But it sounds like you've got somebody else in mind. Um. No, I mean Mauricio. But my my whole thing with Mauricio is I, I I would really love to see him regain his form. Um, I, I I mean Torres is right there and and might be that guy too, but I don't know how much of a setup man he's really going to end up being. For I think he'll have a lot of goal contributions, whether it is banging in goals for himself or making goals for other players. I, it's the small bits that I've seen of him in preseason, he seems like a, a, a Nani-esque player where he'll set players up, but also he can he can take it by himself and score, you know? Yeah, and whereas Perea is more your traditional setup He's guy, pass first. You know? And yeah, I, I straight up asked him, like, you only had a goal last year. I mean, do you, do you feel like the, the pressure is on you now that you're the captain to score more goals? And I think, you know, he, he said, like, I yeah, I really didn't do all that much. I wasn't looking to score last year, but – um this year I, i've kind of taken a, a step and said look you know this is something i kind of want to look to do so uh there is potential for more goals in his future and, and i do and i do think that they'll probably be playing a pretty traditional 4-2-3-1 for most of the year you know given the way- uh in in some of the no? preseason games i've seen them switch out to, to a bit of different looks where it's it was almost a four four two with two strikers up top, with Kara and Pato basically playing underneath one another. Hmm. So that's where that second striker mm-hmm. signing up uh, Dybala is going to come into play, right? <laughs> uh, um. <laughs> yeah. He can. It's... He can be. He can be the replacement for Pereira when he leaves next year if he doesn't come back. 
True. Yeah. Um. No, I, th- I, yeah, I think I think Mauricio is probably going to be your assist guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think because more of, I think there's going to be more responsibility placed on his shoulders, and I think the the expectation for him to be the guy to create is going to be there uh, way more with Nani being gone. Mm. Um, so yeah, I I think those are probably the 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 two main reasons as to why he's probably going to be the, your your leader in assists for the Fair. season. Fair. All right. Uh, how about breakout star? Who do you have as your uh, your guy that's going to break out this season? Keep in mind the last what what are we on now? Three seasons mm-hmm. where where I have where where we've asked this question of me. It's turned out that this guy has turned it on. Um. So I'm gonna say Torres. Yeah, I think I think Torres is probably has, of the new guys coming to the club, probably the most potential of any player that we've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, I I think I think there's a lot of excitement around this guy, and, and and I think it's justified. Okay. Fair enough. How about? Oh, well, let me give mine first. I'll also go with Torres. I think that's kind of the default answer. But um, as a reminder, yeah, it's there's no there's no hot takes that no that there there really is really coming with. But I I, I think you know I, just looking at the squad for what it is, you know, I I think uh, I think Fenderwater comes back and has a pretty good season. And he was your you pick know? last year as a breakout star, by the way. Yes, and he he did. I think there's a lot of excitement around him. You know, I think cracking into the club and and really he really made an impression on a lot of Orlando City fans in his first year at the club Mm -hmm. and and so I mean obviously it wasn't you know me saying Daryl DK was going to be the breakout star and then now he's off playing in England but you know now it's 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 seeing a great MLS player sort of develop and and sort of work his way into the club and and become a player that you want to see thrive and succeed in this team so i think that's that's probably that's probably what we're going to see from torres this year yeah and when i talked to facundo i mean i I straight up asked him like you know is this kind of your stepping stone for for europe and he's like well (laughs) i mean it's kind of a loaded question obviously but uh he he did say you know i want to spend a couple years here to to kind of win trophies and win win championships with orlando before i take my next step forward so obviously and i think europe's gonna be that's fair i mean that's not that's not to say that you know the players who who show that they give a damn here and and go off and you know there's there's nothing wrong with that i mean look at look at the way dk left and you know he he showed that he gave a damn right up until he left i mean he was on a tear that second half of the season we all knew he was leaving yeah. He had already been gone, and then he came back, and then he still produced, and that's that. I think is where fans really are extending gratitude to players is is when they show that they that their heart is still in it for the entire season, and they play out their commitment with the club. Yep, absolutely. All right, last thing for Orlando City, what are your expectations for the season? Last year. Brad, you said that they were going to make the MLS Conference Finals and the U.S. Open Cup Final. Obviously, U.S. Open Cup got canceled. This yeah. year, it is back. It is in play. 
What are your expectations for 2022? Um, well, I I do have some questions about the depth of the club as it currently stands. You know, I, I look at the first team and it and it looks great. Um, but we haven't for the last two years really had to see them juggle a, a league roster and a cl- and a cup roster at the same time. Mm-hmm. So it will be interesting to see how Oscar sort of sets the team up to to. I have go a feeling that route. if they're going to go for something, they're going to go for league versus U.S. Open Cup, depending on yeah. who they end up getting in in the uh, matchups, though. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. I think I think it means a lot having now qualified for the playoffs two years in a row. Now they now they just getting there isn't isn't good enough anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's they got there the first year. Hey, that was great. The second year, it felt like a missed opportunity, and it and it really was to see them sort of not not take advantage of what was offered to them. You know, having the players that they had on the on the roster and you know, really sort of underperform. And that's and I think they I think they sort of underachieved there towards the end of the season. Like it, it was not it was not pretty um as as the season draw to a close for them. But I do think um you know I I think as this club as this team and as these new players grow into the season, I think they're gonna be getting more comfortable and I think that I think they'll finish a lot stronger than they did last year. And so given that you know, I'm I'm still saying Eastern Conference Finals. That's that's mm-hmm. that's where I think they end up, and, and especially if, you know, they they get health if they're healthy at the right time and they go on a run late in the season, you know, and they carry that momentum into there, then I I think that's that's where I think they end up. Okay. If they um, go further, hey, that's cool too. I yeah. mean, who wouldn't who wouldn't want to see you know their club playing a, at a Cup final? Absolutely. I last year said they'd make the playoffs but be eliminated in the semifinals, which I think they were. Or no, they were in the quarterfinals, weren't they? Yeah. Um, and then I also said the League's Cup quarterfinal, which <laughs> that didn't work out either. I will agree that they will make the playoffs. I think that they make it to the conference semifinals again but are get, get eliminated. Um, if they get further, great. But... I don't know. I feel like this team has, when it comes to late in the season, things tend to fall apart in certain instances. That has been the history of Orlando City, at least. If they change or rewrite the history, then they can go further. Um, But they always have that one-month lull where everything goes terrible. They can't win games. They have to battle their way back and scrape by to make the playoffs. Every year that they've had a full season, that has been the case, except for the making the playoffs which was new in 2021. 2020 doesn't really count because it was a shortened year and there was no summer lull because there I was mean, no they, real summer. They, they did pretty well in the MLS's back tournament. Yes, like, yes. But that was just a tournament. Really, you know, it's, yeah. it's a different mentality when you're playing every single game at home. So you're saying bubble frauds? I did not say that. You said that. Uh-uh. I said they did good in the, the tournament. Yes. And then they it's different the when you're traveling, though. It, like they had, I'm not, they I'm had not a just... lead. They had a lead in the in their first, according to you, real playoff game. What was their first real playoff game? Well, according to you, 2021, when they 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 had a lead and they went up pretty early against Nashville. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, you're right. 
I would still say that the 2020 playoffs was a real playoff. The season, the regular season, not uh, as much. See, now, now, you're, now you're moving those goalposts back. No, because here's the thing. How many Western Conference teams did they play in 2020? Oh, well, not many. No. Like, none? Exactly. Because they kept it regionalized. So when you're playing and traveling to Western Conference opponents, it takes a toll. Those are results you don't necessarily get if you're just playing on the East Coast. So you don't want to say bubble fronts, but you do want to say bubble fronts. I gotcha. Yeah. Uh, saying it without saying it, I guess. It, it's just very different. It's hard to compare. Chris Mueller got rich off a of mixtape. I gotcha. <laughs> you said that. I didn't. I didn't say anything. <laughs> I, uh, I've, I've made sure. I listened. I got in enough <laughs> trouble last time. I said anything about that man, and I am making sure not to say it's, anything. It's, you're, it's literally the Jose Mourinho meme. If I, if I speak, I get in trouble. If I speak, I get in trouble. Yeah. All right. Let us move on from Orlando City and talk about Orlando Pride very quickly. Uh, and then we'll wrap up with a couple of different things. Equal pay coming to the U.S. Women's National Team. Yay, first off. Uh, very the very way you happy. said the way you said yay made it sound like a question like yay are we in favor of them getting paid what their value is of course like, we are well yes Duh. yes we are yeah <laughs> no it's not a question way, a definitive just way, statement just yes i realize how i said it i know i realize how i said it like Part i the matter know is, i know you're in favor of it <laughs> <laughs> thank you for helping clarify though we talked to uh michelle Akers and amanda cromwell both players in the U.S. Women's National Team in the early 90s, Akers being one of the pioneers when it came to uh, trying to get equal pay for the U.S. Women's National Team. So she was incredibly happy about the uh, the news. She was saying how she was going to go celebrate with some beers. And, you know, her, her basic statement when we asked her about it was just, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Very excited about it. And, you know, it's it's great. Honestly, I think it's well-deserved. I think that um, for the players that paid their dues, uh, it just took way too long. And there's still a lot of work to be done. There's still Hell more yeah. that needs to be done with all of the the equal pay and yeah. uh, kind of just, just keeping everything a bit more fair. One of the things that Amanda Cromwell brought up when we were talking to her about it, and it's like, oh, yeah, the biggest argument was, well, um, you're not as making it as much money on ticket sales. And it's like, yeah, but the U.S. men's national team are charging three times the price for tickets. And it's like, yeah, well, you're not getting, uh, you know, as much attendance. It's like, well, you're not doing much marketing for the team. So there's always a a, a reasoning behind their, their points. And I think that's kind of how this <laughs> decision ended up coming out because it's like, yeah, all their arguments were uh, debunked, essentially. Yeah, so, and it's, I mean... It's it's so easy to point to, you know, television ratings and sponsorship, you know, deals and, and how all of those things consistently favor the women's national team and what they're able to accomplish. You know, if you give if you invest in women's sports and give them the opportunity, they will come through on it. And, mm-hmm. they've, and the, the U.S. women's national team has proven that time and time again. So, yes, this is long overdue, and there's still work to be done, but it is a step in the right direction. Absolutely. Now, um, 
how that will affect former players like Cromwell or Akers remains to be seen because there there I heard that there was going to be a fund for former players. I don't know how far back that goes. Neither do they, to be honest. It's still very early goings, but um, but I, very I exciting think, times. Yeah, I think they are generally just happy to see players get the recognition that they and, and compensation that they deserve for you know yeah their, I mean heck, when when Michelle was talking about like their contracts from back in the day. I think one of the things that stood out to me was like, yeah, we got $15 per diem for domestic matches and $20 for international matches. I spent $15 today at lunch. So, yeah. I mean, inflation. And all I, that, I mean, but still, yeah, I, I understand. In the night, like, it's still $15 for a yeah. professional athlete for playing for their national team. That's kind of ridiculous. Not kind of, it is. Yeah. That's. But very good to see. And uh, hopefully progress will continue not just with the u.s women's national team but hopefully that trickles down into the nwsl now uh as far as other news for the pride as we record this currently they are playing the university of south florida in a scrimmage as of right now the score is two nothing for orlando and to be fair uh one of the big things like USF is good. They are a very good women's soccer team. And it's good to see that they're winning 2 nothing. Uh, they also have some of their uh, trialists playing with them. Uh, Thais Rice, who is uh, from the University of North Florida. Uh, she's currently in preseason with them. She had an, uh, an assist, or actually she uh, scored a goal. And Courtney Peterson had an assist. So Courtney Peterson has two assists in the game. Darian Jenkins scored the goal, the first goal in the third minute. We're going to assume that they're going to win that game. But outside of the preseason, they have a game against Kansas City Current on March 5th at Exploria Stadium. It will be in front of fans. If you choose to go watch the game, you can. Uh, This is the first time in a while that a preseason match for the Pride has been open to fans. So... Um, very exciting. And I said the 5th, didn't I? I meant March 2nd, uh, which is a Wednesday. And that'll be in preparation for their first couple games of the season, which will be March 19th for the 2022 edition of the NWSL Challenge Cup. Uh, Their group is a tough one. They're playing Washington, North Carolina, and Gotham. And it's six games. Is it? Spanning from March 19th to April 23rd three home three away against those specific teams i mean i feel like it's pretty i well i guess you have to consider the current state of what the the pride is in Hmm. um roster wise so yeah that, that it might be tough i'm i'm grossly overestimating what their current position is i don't know what this team's gonna look like so I have seen in preseason some very interesting lineups when it comes to some of their like scrimmages that they've played. I have seen Tony Presley as a defensive midfielder. I've seen Courtney Peterson as a winger. That's not that out of the blue to be fair, no, but But the the first one you said um yeah, she's been she was playing as a 6 at one point. I don't yeah. know if that was just because of they're they're tr- trying to figure things out to see where people can play, but is it a smokescreen? Is that what that was? Uh, I don't know. I, listen, Tony Presley has one of the best left feet 
on the pride when it comes to power and cross field crosses like to switch the ball if you wanted somebody to switch the ball on the pride tony presley is is the player you want with the ball the other issues are that she's uh, i wouldn't say a liability defensively but her uh track back speed isn't what it used to be are you having a laugh where i don't think she'll be starting i think it'll be megan montefusco formerly megan oyster and uh amy turner I think that there is a possibility for her to be worked into the lineup at, in certain positions. Good luck. So we'll we'll see how this team plays out. I know that Cromwell is basically testing players in different positions to see how they will play and if they're comfortable in it. Uh, Abby Kim has been playing as a right back. I've seen I've seen Seb Hines as a defensive midfielder. Oh my God. <laughs> Uh, he can't play in games, but he can play in practice. So uh, just just fun times in practice overall. So Washington Spirits, Saturday, March 19th. Weird, wild stuff. March 19th for the Washington Spirits, 7 p.m. kickoff at Exploria Stadium. Uh, the next home game, March 30th, when they welcome back Ashlyn Harris and Allie Krieger and Gotham FC on the 30th at 7 o'clock. And then North Carolina comes into town April 16th at 7 o'clock. We're back! And... Lastly, with the Pride, and this is just something I kind of want to mention, uh, no regular season schedule has been announced yet. Yeah, that, that tracks for the current state of NWSL and mm-hmm. everything they've got going on right now. Yeah. So, uh, it's a lot. Yo. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. Hey, but hey, equal yo. pay. I feel like that's a good thing, but there's also <laughs> so much, so much more that it's almost it like um, if there's if it's it's like there's a a fire starting behind you and you hold up a picture of a puppy and it's like hey look at this let's go all right last couple things for the show Orlando City B their Earth schedule thing. has been announced they will yeah. be playing twenty four games this season twelve at home twelve away they will be broadcast on the MLS Next website the MLS Next Pro website. We're back. They're going to be having a new coach. So Marcelo Nevelef, who's been coaching OCB in the past because he's the academy director, will not be coaching OCB this year. That's according to reports that I have heard. That's life. So it's going to be an interesting time with OCB. They haven't announced a roster. They haven't announced coaching staff. But that is to be expected sometime in the next couple of weeks because, hey, they start their season next month. There was a time when I was like, Hey, yeah, I guess it makes sense that they released Dotson because, like, they're announcing OCB. So, of course, they're going to get him on the books. And then they signed more homegrown talent. And I'm like, oh, huh. Okay. Yeah. I I guess not. Hold up. (laughs) Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So. That's all oh, I have for righty then. Exactly. Um, now, we finish out the show with our uh, last couple of things. We started this last show we did, which is called Where Are They Now? Where we basically go back and look at a former Orlando City or Pride player and say, hey, what are they up to these days? Uh-huh. And this week, we are talking about former Orlando Pride striker Sarah Hagen. Uh, the reason she is being brought up today is because she's in the news. As of uh, yesterday, she was announced as the assistant coach 
for the Green Bay Glory, which is the the USLW League team in Northeast Wisconsin. So she was formerly, actually, an academy coach within the Orlando City organization, uh, but has since gone back to Wisconsin, where she is from, and is now helping out with the future of women's soccer professionally winning so that is what sarah hagan is up to these days and that is where she is now the last thing that we will finish out the show with before we get to the pato interview we'll end the show with that the weird news and red cards so brad do you have any uh, weird news uh, uh i mean i could if i knew that's what we're doing <laughs> Um, I mean, of course, Brad. Uh, why would we not do it? Uh, well, <laughs> I have a weird news. While you look yours up, I have weird news. Uh, very hungry bear Hank the Tank is in fact three bears. DNA shows. <laughs> Dang it! That is that is mine. <laughs> uh, officials say that a trio of oversized bears is responsible for home invasions that has been blamed on a 500-pound black bear dubbed Hank the Tank. Uh, DNA evidence has found that the that is in fact three at least not so little bears who have damaged more than 30 properties around Lake Tahoe in recent months. Uh, the Department of Fish and Wildlife on Thursday said it would soon begin trapping bears in the South Lake Tahoe area to tag the animals and collect evidence for a genetic analysis. The bears will be released into a quote suitable habitat and the agency said no trapped animals will be euthanized as part of the project which was a mate was a was a pretty major concern at first because when those bears are going into homes and and getting food it's really hard for them to like forage on their own once they go back out at least that's what i had heard in an interview from ron mcgill um Mm. so uh turns out uh there's three hanks it's literally three bears in a trench so so you got yeah so in theory you could have uh hank aaron Hank Hill and uh, Hank McCoy. <laughs> All right. My weird news is a Georgia official has been accused of faking two pregnancies and two fake weddings. Uh, a Cobb County attorney says she was shocked to learn that a one-time close friend had been charged with four felony counts of trying to defraud the state by faking two pregnancies. Hold uh, up. They have indicted Robin Folsom earlier this month. She left her job as the top communications official at the Georgia Vocational Rehabilitation Agency after being confronted by a state investigator last year. Uh? Yeah. So uh, apparently she alleged the scheme back in March of 2021, uh, where she appeared to fake a pregnancy because she was wearing a costume that faked the pregnancy under her outer garments. Uh, one of the counts in the indictment accuses her of creating a fake identity for the purported father of at least one of her alleged children. Yeah. That is something. Hey, yo! Hey, yo, indeed. That is that is something. All right, Brad, do you have any red cards slash playing advantages this week before we get to the Alexander Ponto interview? Uh, I'm playing advantage to uh, Hard Mountain Dew. Um, <laughs> folks, uh, it, if you're listening to this and you reside, I mean, most of you listen to this live in, in Florida, uh, Tennessee or Iowa, I think is the third state that has been released in. Uh, there's Hard Mountain Dew. 
and it comes in multi-packs of original uh, black cherry watermelon and of course baja blast so if you uh like me enjoy getting baja blasted uh with some tacos then yeah uh, hard mountain dew solid choice um so far i have yet to try the original i've only had uh the three sort of other flavors um baja blast clearly best uh, as always then watermelon then black cherry which tastes like uh just straight cough syrup at this point but um <laughs> here we go i'm gonna open up the original and i'm gonna give you uh, a real-time review mm. of original exclusive here on the orlando soccer show <sighs> yep that's mountain dew folks it just tastes like straight up mountain dew yeah like a like boozy mountain dew if you had added basically like alcohol into Mountain Dew, it's just what. It yeah, is. if you had, if you had combined uh just a regular like a pure White Claw with a Mountain Dew, like that's what it would taste like. Hmm. Okay. Fair enough. And Perfect. with that, we will go ahead and play our Alexander Pato interview now. This is my uh sit down with Pato uh, back on Media Day. So apologies if anything is out of date, but it's, you know, it's only a couple weeks old. So uh, without further ado, here is the Alexandra Pato interview. We'll see you on the other side. So we talked to you first week of preseason. How, how have things been progressing so far for you and, and the team just over the last couple of weeks? Um, you know, I think any day you pass weeks together, we like a team in this future. So I think we... we we need more one week together, we need more uh, training together, do the, the things change some, sometimes the, the tactics for the games, but I think we, this year we'll be more like a team the last year. So speaking of last year, obviously you, you had a bit of uh, trials and tribulations, you know, going through the injuries that you, you went through. Uh, what did you kind of learn from, from that experience uh, just heading into this season? Yes, the last year is like a challenge for my life, you know. When I I put in too much expectative and uh, when I arrive, I will play, I will enjoy the life here, I will enjoy the field. So after my first game, I did an injury, I did a surgery in my knee. So, you know, we spend like the most of the part of, you know, in the upstairs to, to watching the game is not the great one but you know you can learn how you you need to be careful in all things in you before the game so that's uh, when I, I I make my new contract here I was talking I was talking with my family I say okay I need to back there and do my best and put my name in the history because something's happening this year I, I can't believe you. I come here just to watch the games. No, I need. I come here to to play and do my best. So you kind of felt like an obligation to come back after last year and and prove yourself. No, I, I put in my heart. No, it's not obligated because I received like two three offers for the other clubs, but I choose here because you know they believe in me, the coach, the the players, this the. Uh, Ricardo Muzi president they believe in my, my work so I can't wait to play and give them back 
my best. So now, going back to what you said about kind of being more careful about your, your pre-game preparations, um, is that something you, you've kind of done in the past where you've, you've been more careful about things, or is it something that you kind of have to change your habits about uh, how you, you take care of your body just because of what you learned from last year? Um, you know, I spent like six, seven months down play, just enjoy my life and try to understand how is my proposal in, in, in here and this life mm-hmm. and then when I chose to come to Orlando yeah. I I play like two three uh, friendship friendly game and then uh, when I do my you know my real game I take a, I, I I feel my hurt and my knee and then I when I back to my home I ask to God what's happened mm-hmm. so we know I spent all my year here to just to watching the games so when I when I leave to home I received the the phones from Ricardo here and they know we want you to come back here I say well something's happened because you know I didn't play so they want the coach wants I, I have um, I had a, a meeting with him for like one hour and a half mm-hmm. and then you talk, you talk and then I say no, some things I need to do more specific, specific yeah. to to understand how is, how is, what has happened this year, no? So, you know, you need to be careful, not just in the field but out in the family or your head, your mental, mental? Yeah, mentality. Be, yeah, mentality be strong. Because I think most of the part of the soccer, so many guys don't have this mentality strong. If you have it strong, that that's why I I learned it the last year. Because I need to know I need to go there all day and training hard, do my best. So that I learned for this year. I care my mentality. I care my body. I care my always stuff to do my best. So now kind of talking about Orlando. There's obviously a very big Brazilian population here. Within the team, you have a number of Portuguese speakers. How much has that kind of helped in terms of just being, uh, you know, acclimatized to the team from last year and then coming in this year and feeling comfortable within the team? You know, that's that's for us from Brazilian now. It's like a Spanish game from the South America. When somebody in the club speak your language, that's like home. You can talk, you can say what are you feeling, and then you know the American guys, the other players, they come to you, try to help you, to give to you. Look, if you need something, you can, you know, because last two days ago I asked to Benji, hey Benji, which hamburger is the best one in Orlando? He said, no, go there and <laughs> try to eat there. So, you know, that's like a family when you. When you go to the center facility, or you come, come um, in the stadium, or you go around here, you know, someone think, "Hey, how are you?" That's this feeling is nice to to feel more comfortable to do the best in the field. And you have all the shahaskarias around there. Yeah, as well, right? many, many. Yeah. And then in the center facility, Josema do a barbecue from Argentina, Uruguay. Mm-hmm. That's really good. How special was that just as a team building experience to go through that that barbecue and and have all the guys kind of eating what your your coaches have made that I think is is 
the best way to you know to have the group together because you know when you new one you need to go there and sing so that's that's I think is important for the you know for all staff for all players to be like a family you know sometimes you can in the training do something hey what's happened you know can happen this but this is a game you need to do the best there but you know when you do barbecue or go out to dinner together that's to you know, have a more connection and when you go to inside you can understand how he's feeling so now for you in terms of just playing out there uh, you know obviously the team brought in Urshan from from Europe and you've been kind of playing in in some of the games a bit more of a number 10 role kind of in the center of the midfield how has that been for you I know you've played that in your career before um, but now uh, kind of in, in the way your game is how do you feel in that position and, and you know as the I think is the soccer right now is it's like like you can stay just in one position now because you know like um, I can give to Liverpool the example for Liverpool they don't play like a number nine you don't have they don't have mm-hmm. Manchester City they don't have sometimes they put the Kevin Brunet in front you what you don't understand no so I think it's the most of the players, most of our teams in the world, they don't have a, like a number, like number nine now. But sometimes happen. Uh, they, you need to to have a number nine. But you know, less the 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 team I see, they have like two numbers nine, like Giroud or Ibrahimovic is AC Milan. But mm-hmm. you know, they don't play like number nine there. So you can go around, mm-hmm. but. You know, I can play like wingers, 10 or 9, depends which Mr. want. If you, he want to put me in the center back, I go there. <laughs> I want to just to play because I want to score, I want to, I want to be a captain of this team as well. So I can't wait to play, I help my teammates to, to do the best. Has Oscar talked to you at all about kind of being a leader on this team, being that veteran leadership for some of the younger guys? Yeah, you know, I'm, I, me and the others, we are more old this year for the all of teammates. So you can, but my whole spirit, or my spirit is not old, is young, <laughs> because I, I spend all my time just smiling, joking. So uh, I can't wait to, to introduce my, all my best for them and try to help them to enjoy the, the life. It's not, you know, you need to use the field here to do your best but you know you can learn about your your life up when you go inside you know you can give the hands for your teammates you can learn you what uh, the mister wants because he is the boss you need to so many things you can learn of the life when you go to the to the field or to center facility and reward it with a soccer I wanted to ask you about the World Cup coming up this year. You obviously have some teammates that are playing and qualifying yeah. against Brazil. You've been there. You've represented Brazil on, on the world stage before. Um, you know how exciting is that for you to see the, the future of Brazil? And then when, say, Pedro goes up against Brazil, what what kind of banter do you have with him? Do you kind of tell him to let a few goals he in? He needs to be be careful because you know we are strong in front. He, he knows <laughs> because we did the the Brazilian know him, you know, but. They play a lot of times about uh, against Peru. No, Pedro knows, and 
I hope they go there and do the best. I hope the Cesar and Facundo goes. Uh, I really hope to Benji have the opportunity to go to the national team as well because he deserves. Uh, many players can go, so I can wait to. I will do my best. Maybe <laughs> Tick can hear about this. I would maybe uh, I don't know, but you know you don't know nothing about the future. But some things can happen in the future. But you know you need to play for the Orlando City, and then I think the the nationals is come. But for the the one hundred percent, like Pedro goes, so. I can, I don't know. I hope the Brazil can win, but Pedro can arrive in the final and and Benji. I hope so. If Benji come to the national team because he deserves because his career, the trajectory for to arrive here is really nice. I can wait to see him in the national team. And kind of going off that with Benji. I mean, you know, he's Orlando, kind of born and bred. You know, part of this this culture, and you know, he's been around here for forever. You know, being, being with the, the youth mm-hmm. academy. How have you seen his his growth over the last year, uh, just in terms of, of his play and his maturity? Uh, within the uh, because he is like, you know, he's heavy mentality strong. Because any day, any after training, he stay there to work there. That's I, I love it because you know, when I I, I saw one guy after training do it, the same one is. Every training he arriving before the training is like is Maldini. Every training he do your best because you know. Before long time ago, I heard he's like uh, right. He shoot the the ball like the right feet, mm-hmm. but for a long he play here and he try to do your best in his left. But you know you can understand how lefty he shoot, you no, know, how legs he shoot. That's what Benji do the same, you know. He's still there in the training. He arrived before. He keep the take the balls, go to shoot and go. I hope he keeps the best career in the in the, his life. I think he he deserves go to the national team. Uh, he's amazing. He's a good guy. He's a nice guy. He, I hope he he do the best in this year and goes to the World Cup. With some of the players that have left, obviously Nani went back to, to Italy, uh, Daryl's gone to, to England, and, and Chris has gone to Scotland. Um, did you talk to any of those guys before they left, especially with, with Daryl and, and Chris being young? This is their first experience over in Europe. Did you kind of impart any uh, advice to them about what they should be doing and how should they be kind of t- taking care of themselves, anything like that? Um, I was talking many times with Chris, no. Um, I say, well, if you have the opportunity to go there, try to go there and feel how it's important to play in Europe to understand. But, you know, I think the MLS here is running up any year. But, you know, I don't know how far the MLS goes, but I think it's the imagining the MLS going to grow up like the same in Europe many players from Europe come to MLS to play one day here and then you know American they have it, the mentality different about I don't know maybe Brazilian but I think he, he will enjoy there he stay like one year in Scotland of, I think he can move to England or Italy or Spain if Derek he's a 
strong guy. I think uh, one, two years he moved to the, well, I don't know, uh, big clubs like Chelsea, Arsenal, I don't know, but they have a good mentality. I hope, I said before, <laughs> but Benji goes one day in Europe as, yeah. as well because he deserves, he's an amazing guy. Yeah. All right, and that was our interview with Alexandra Pato, or my interview with Pato. Um, interesting that the one thing that I really took away from that was that he said that Benji Michel uh, is, he, he thinks he could make the World Cup roster. You know, I don't think a lot of people are talking about that. But uh, yeah, it's um, it was definitely something interesting when we when we talked about it. And I, I I am excited to see what Benji does this season. So I get, I mean, I mean, we all are, but I mean, yes. You know. I'm so excited. With that, I think we'll call it a day here at the Orlando Soccer Show game Sunday. I don't give a fuck. Do they win? Uh, yeah, yeah, they do. Montreal's bad. Montreal just beat Santos Laguna three nothing. Yeah, the, but they're uh, bad. Champions Cup. Oh, okay. Uh, I will remind you that the Orlando City team since 2015 has only won once on opening day. No one may. And that's Brad Newton. I'm Austin David. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Orlando Soccer Show. I'm living in a nightmare. We will see you on the other side, hopefully with Gavin Eubank joining us once again, as well as Kyle Foley, at some point over the course of the season, because the season has begun. So with that, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. You're dirty brown water trash, and you're always going to be dirty brown water trash.